Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is the Oswo.com NHL DFS strategy show. We've got five games to discuss for tonight, hopefully. The, uh, the two-gamer last night went well for you. If not, we've got another chance to run it back. I'm Jay Kari. I am joined by my buddy, Michael Clifford, Slim Cliffy. What's up, man? Not a whole lot. I've just been enjoying uh, League of Legends World Championships all week. It is October, so uh, not only are there traditional sports, but there are esports as well. But I'm just – I'm really excited to get hockey back. I know maybe some people got their hearts broken by Tampa Bay last night. But I think it's also a good little reminder for us that hockey is a fairly random sport and that even heavily favored teams will probably lose about seven, will probably lose about 30% of the time. So um, just something to keep in mind. Um, I don't think we'll see five empty net goals uh, again this season, uh, three for Pittsburgh and two for Tampa. Um, But I, you know, I I think last night was a good little eye opener, a good little reminder about what uh, NHL DFS brings night in and night out. For sure. Yeah. And we'll talk about that uh, a little bit more last night's late um, in terms of, you know, strategy comparing to a five gamer like tonight. Um, but I see a bunch of people, we we're already over a hundred, so that's good news. I feel like, uh, that's actually pretty high this early in the show. So building quickly, you guys kicked that off with a great show yesterday. Uh, if you guys didn't subscribe yesterday, you've got, uh, another chance tonight, uh, or I guess this afternoon, um, we've got streams going on for NFL, uh, MLB, NBA starting next week. I know a lot of you are excited for that. Just bridging the gap until next week, playing some NHL. Um, we've obviously got NHL shows uh, almost daily, PGA, college football, much, much more. Uh, subscribing is the number one way you guys can help us out. Um, so hit us with a subscription to the channel and uh, make sure you turn on the notification bells so that uh, you get notified when you see Cliffy's beautiful hair going live day after day after day. All right, man. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? I wanted to get your thoughts uh, on the Kraken in their first game yesterday. I didn't get to watch much of the game. I saw it looked like they started out pretty hot. Um, I mean, they were playing pretty well in terms of like puck possession, weren't scoring. First period, gave up two quick goals. And it looks like they battled back and tied it up. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on them? This isn't, is this going to be like, was that four years ago with Vegas where everybody kind of thinks they stink and then they're stacking against them, stacking against them, and they just start winning games? Yeah, that's I brought that up in the show yesterday uh, with Josh that uh, when Vegas came into the league in 2017, you know, everybody thought they'd be a bad team. And you, you looked at the roster, you know, William Carlson, 1C or whatever. Nobody was really excited about them. Uh, and then Vegas went out and won nine of their first 10 games or something like that. I just remember losing a lot of money betting against Vegas and they just they just kept bringing it. What I saw with Seattle last night probably is what we're going to see a lot this season. I, I know that they kind of, you know, they let goals in, they got down three, nothing or, or something like that, but they really tightened down defensively and they, they could get their shots once they got in the zone, but they really had a tough time, you know, generating multi-chance uh, entries. You know what I mean? Like every, you know, when, when Tampa Bay gets into the zone, I know, you know, maybe not a good example considering how bad Tampa Bay did yesterday, but when you get in the zone, you'll see them pass four five, six times trying to set up a shot and, you know, somebody's in the right place for a rebound or maybe a tap back pass or something like that. With Seattle, it was, you know, get across the blue line, maybe try to cut to the middle, take a shot, you know. And I think you're going to see a lot of that from them this year. They just don't have 
the high-end talent to skate with the likes of a Vegas or a Colorado or an Edmonton or something like that. But they have more than enough defensive skill uh, to really bring it against the teams like San Jose, uh, Los Angeles, Calgary, you know, Arizona, those those kinds of teams. So they'll struggle against the big boys like we saw last night. But I think they'll they'll at least defensively they'll handle themselves just fine against most of the league. Yeah, it looks like they put up a pretty good fight, and uh, it definitely did help that they got a couple of those guys um, back as like game time decisions. I heard they were not going to play, and then they I guess tested negative a couple times. And then they caught a separate flight and that like it was uh, McCann, uh, Donskoy and uh, Oleksiak. So three pretty important pieces for an expansion team. And and, th- and that's something I wanted to talk about on the show, too. I, I think we mentioned it yesterday uh, briefly with the COVID protocols, but I think it's worth mentioning again because we do have more viewers here today. With the NHL COVID protocols this year, if you're fully vaccinated and most teams are 100 percent vaccinated, like you'll hear about Tyler Batuzzi or Travis Hamannick or whatever. There are a handful of guys that aren't. Almost every NHL player is double vaccinated. The entire Seattle Kraken team is double vaccinated. When you're double vaccinated in the NHL, if you're a close contact, I think you it's two negative tests within 24 hours, and then you can play. So that's why, you know, even though they're in COVID protocol on Monday, they could play Tuesday nights because they tested negative twice on Tuesday. What made me mad was Dave Haxtell said they did not travel with the team. And anytime a coach says, anytime in the history of sports, a coach has said a player has not traveled with the team, that means they're not playing. So no one expected them, you know, to hop a Delta 404 flight at three in the afternoon and show up for the game, right? So, you know, last night was kind of a weird situation because they just happened to hop a flight and get there. But I think we're going to see a lot of situations like that where a guy's in COVID protocol you know, the first negative test is in the morning. The second negative test is late in the afternoon. So you won't know until, you know, maybe an hour before warmups that they're going to be in the lineup. So I think we're going to see a lot of that this season. Yeah. So got a little bit of a taste of that. I don't see any COVID problems right now for this slate, but yeah, that could change. Well, that's because McKinnon's already out. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in terms of like guys that we're not sure if they're playing because they need to test negative like we had yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully you swapped to um, Seattle. I know that was in a lot of the winning lineups. Uh, how did your night go uh, personally for DFS? Uh, well, I had a lot of Tampa one, so that's how my night went. <laughs> so it, it was an early one, even though but you didn't. I, like, see, that's the thing is I had some Seattle three and Pittsburgh three. So I did well with my secondary stacks. It's just, you know, my primary stack blew it. And that, you know, on a two game slate, that's the way it goes. You have the nuts or you don't. They're just, there just isn't enough scoring to support, you know, multiple winning lineups. You have to have, you know, mostly the right guys. I want to give a quick shout out. I forgot to mention off the top of the show. I'm a little rusty, but uh, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports is the sponsor of the show. If you guys haven't played uh, NHL over on Yahoo, we've got some pretty good contests. They had some big ones yesterday. They got some nice ones again today. I've been playing over there a lot for uh, NFL specifically. And then I'm going to try to play every single day for NHL. Um, you know, you're not going to win the 10K prizes, but that's also not going to, to attract as many pros over on Yahoo. So go play over there. If you're new and you're just looking to make a few dollars before NBA starting, I think Yahoo's probably your best bet right now uh, in terms of the smaller sites. You don't have to compete with the shit my money is looking to take all the NHL money uh, and the Osmos and guys like that that are jumping in right now that are sharks from other sports. Um, Two-game slate strategy, a little bit different from five-game slate strategy. Both, I would say, are pretty short slates. Uh, if you guys are new, I mean, usually on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, we've got like seven to ten gamers when the schedule bounces out a little bit. Uh, early in the season, <clears throat> a lot of shorter slates, so five kind of in that low mid-range. But how does your, your strategy differ today compared to yesterday? I mean, yesterday – on smaller slates, you really do have to dig down deeper. Like if you're, maybe you can stack a top line, then a second line, and then that gets there, but you'll probably also have like a third of the field along with you on a two game slate. And that's one reason why um, I was big on the Pittsburgh second line uh, in the Seattle or third line, sorry. And the Seattle third line yesterday was because you did have to dig down a little bit deeper and, you know, Teddy Bluger got there. Um, you know, some of the guys got there uh, on, on both sides uh, or on both teams. Um, and that that's kind of the differentiation for me is that on a two game slate, 
there's almost nothing I won't consider. Like I'll, I'll consider leaving $3,000 on the table. I'll consider uh double or two or three defense, two defensemen from the same team. I'll consider, you know, an onslaught, you know, a six, a Josh stack, a six man stack. I'll consider a lot more things. Once we start getting, I'd say probably around this size, four and five games, that's, I still consider third lines and I'll have some third lines in my mix, but it's not like I'll leave every single third line in my mix. Like I'm not going to have, I probably, I'm not going to say I'm not going to have, but I probably won't have the Anaheim third line in my mix on a five game slate on a two game slate. They absolutely would be. So I think that's the difference here is that the, the, the shorter the slate, the bigger the pool of players is that I'm going to use on every team. The, the bigger the slate, the, the smaller the pool that I'll use just because uh, the ownership is so much more spread out. You don't really have to worry about finding those 3% fourth liners or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to have some, uh, some third liners for sure. Probably won't dip down to the fourth lines. Uh, I don't know. I, I love playing third lines, especially on these shorter slates. So people forget about them. You can't just forget about the third line players. you got some talented guys. We're going to talk about Montreal and Toronto in a minute. I guess they're, they're kind of balanced. Um, they're top nine. So you could definitely get to a third line there, whatever you consider the third line. There's, there's a bunch of deeper options, but yeah, definitely going to focus a lot of my teams on, you know, the Colorado ones, the Edmonton ones, you know, those type of um, top lines like that. And then just mix and match uh, elsewhere after that. But yeah, should be a pretty fun slate before we get into it. Uh, I want to tell you guys about the promo code we've got going on for NHL right now. Uh, promo code crosscheck. Um, if you're looking to try us out, there's no better time than right now. We have projections, ownership projections, and the top stack tool, as well as the lineup builder. That's what I'm looking at when I'm going through the show. Gives you a nice look of uh, the teams uh, against each other, the implied totals. And then when you have a premium subscription, uh, you can use the free version if you like, but when you have the premium subscription, you've got the ownership projection, the uh, point projection for individual players, and then the stack projection for the forwards, which is a nice touch. So it's really easy to hand build lineups. You can export right from there and then upload. But uh, promo code cross, uh, cross check is going to give you uh, an NHL weekly pass for just three bucks your first week. If you don't like it, you don't have to re-up. You can cancel at any time, but I think you guys are gonna like it. And with that, you also get access to the Slack chat. Um, we're actually moving to a, a different platform here very shortly. So I'll just call it the, the premium chat for now. Um, cause it's going to be a discord shortly, but, um, promo code cr uh, cross check will give you Osmo NHL weekly for just three bucks for the first week. That's 75% off. Not going to have a better deal on weeklies than this. We've also got monthlies and annual passes. If you're looking to lock in long-term, um, but promo code cross check is a great way to get started with us right now. All right, Cliffy, let's get into these first couple games, we've got Montreal and Toronto, 2.4 implied total for the Canadiens, 3.3 for the Leafs. Jake Allen and Jack Campbell both confirmed here, seeing some low ownership on the Montreal side. Not so much for this Toronto top line, but they're missing a pretty important name, Austin Matthews. You guys might have heard of him. John Tavares is going to play with uh, probably Mitch Marner, who is expected to play, but technically is a game time decision. Nick Ritchie as the top line mate. They're popular. What are you doing with Toronto one in this game? So I, I think the first thing to say is that Toronto does have a game time decision uh, in their lineup. Mitch Marner kind of got tangled up at, at, at the morning skate and, you know, or yesterday at, at practice. And they say he's a game time decision. Like they were kind of joking about it in the media and it's a home opener and it's in front of fans for the first time in like a year and a half. Um, I can't imagine Mitch Marner is going to miss it. So I'm building my lineups as if he's going to play. But I just want to mention him because if he doesn't play, there's a min price guy on the board that we should be paying attention to. And that is Mr. Andre Kasha, 2,500 on DraftKings. I think he's 3,300 on FanDuel right now, lining up on the third line for Toronto. But if Marner's out, he's going to move into the top six. And I think he might move to the top line because Toronto doesn't like to jumble their lines, right? When somebody gets hurt, they like to take somebody from the depth 
and push them up. They don't necessarily like to take their stars and move them up. Now, you know, Tavares and Matthews is a different story because you have to replace your number one center. Um, but, you know, I can see Kasha moving up to the top line and they just leave Nylander and Bunting together on the second line because that's a duo that they want to keep together for the year. So, um, Andre Kasha, I wrote up in my Power Plays article. He's a guy I, I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, I want to start on the Montreal side here because you're right about their ownership. I... Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Like, I wasn't really going to be high on Montreal, but I see the top line in our top stacks tool coming in at 1%. And anytime you can get a top line on a slate as small as this for 1% and perfectly correlated on the power play, like, I find it hard to not at least give them serious consideration. Like, I'm not saying that they're must plays or anything like that. There's never such thing as a line, as a must play, uh, you know, on a slate. But when you can get a top line perfectly correlated at 1%, you know, they should all play around 18 minutes. They're all supremely talented. I mean, we saw how well they did in the playoffs last year. Caulfield especially. Uh, Toffoli, I believe, he was hurt, so he didn't do as well. But, you know, Caulfield just, you know, looked great in the playoffs. He looked great with Suzuki. Like, I'm really liking the price on that Montreal one. Um, you know, they're cheap enough where you can fit them in with another top line elsewhere. You know, you can fit them in with like a Washington one or stuff like something like that and still get up to expensive defensemen. So uh, Montreal one is definitely going into my mix. Montreal two, I'm staying away from for now. Here's the problem. Jonathan Drouin has never really been a great possession player. He's a good playmaker. He's a very good playmaker, especially on the power play. But at five on five, he's not a good possession player. And Josh Anderson's just not either. He's he's a bull in a china shop. He's a disruptor. He's not a guy that will, you know, he's not going to establish the cycle down low or something like that, right? And then Christian Dvorak's coming in. It's his first game as a hab, as a hab. So I'm not super excited about that Montreal two line. And then Montreal three, I see some good wingers. I like Armia and Gallagher. Jake Evans, I don't know if he has an offense yet. I think they'll be a very good defensive line. I have some concerns about their offense. So I think Montreal three, would be a line where I take, you know, a one-off Armia or a one-off Gallagher, especially where Gallagher's on the top power play unit or something like that. I wouldn't full stack them. So that's the way I'm looking at Montreal. I like the, love the top line. Second line, I'm staying away from. Uh, third line, I'd just be looking for one-offs. On the Toronto side, I do like that second line. I Like, I really, really do. Um, Bunting, uh, you know, I know he... Some people might look at his shooting percentage and be like, you know, he shot, I think it was like 23% or something like that. But you have to remember, he was playing in Arizona. It's one of the worst offensive environments in hockey. Like he's going to go from playing in Arizona, playing in Toronto, which is, you know, going from a top five offense to or bottom five offense to a top five offense. So put him with a bona fide top liner in William Nylander. I don't care who's between them, whether it's Camp or Kerfoot or, or whomever. Um, I'll just, I like that trio a lot. Obviously Toronto won. Uh, is in play for me. But honestly, there are just top lines that I like better. And I think Montreal's getting a little bit disrespected defensively, especially amongst their forwards. Their defense isn't that great, but I think their forwards are strong defensively. So I'm out on Toronto one, like Toronto two, in on on Montreal one, and some spare parts from Montreal three. Yeah. uh, I mean, if you look at the top sag tool, um, it's going to give you a reason to probably want to get some Montreal one. I play at 150 across a bunch of different sites. Um, so I'll obviously have Montreal one. That's one of my favorite lines. I know it's a low total. I know they don't project well, but that just means they're not going to come up in optimizers. So uh, whatever you got to do to get them at least a few times across however many lineups you have. Uh, I'm certainly going to be doing it. I would suggest that, that people do that if they're going to be even like below 5%, I think is a little too low on a five game slate. You got Colorado one um, that doesn't have uh, McKinnon. So it's going to be a downgrade there and then Edmonton won. And then you don't really have like a ton of elite lines on this slate unless I'm, unless I'm missing on something here. I mean, Winnipeg, they're not at home. Um, I guess they've got maybe a, a decent matchup, but we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later. I think Montreal one has as much upside as anyone. So uh, from a median projection standpoint, they're not great, uh, but I'm still going out of my way to get them 
uh, to get over the field on them, get to, you know, seven, eight, 10%, something like that. And, uh, and move on from there. Toronto won. Uh, I haven't crunched out my final lineups. I mean, I won't do that for another five hours or so, but I would imagine I'm a little bit below the field uh, on them and then above the field on Toronto too. Bunting is our guy. He's kind of our, our slack guy. Uh, you mentioned uh, some of like his skill set. Um, and it's low ownership for Toronto too. So anytime you get a, a high owned line one and, you know, line two, you've got a big total here, 3.3 implied goals. That's one of the highest on the slate. Um, usually the second line uh, is a nice leverage spot uh, in tournaments. So I like the Toronto two call and then Montreal three. I mean, this isn't really a third line, but Armia Evans and Gallagher. I really like that either as a full stack or as a two man, Armia Gallagher would be guys uh, I like as a two-man a lot. I'm doing a lot of 3 2 ones tonight. Probably some 3 threes as well, but I, I'm not forgetting about Montreal 3 tonight. Did you talk about them? Yeah, briefly, but the thing to remember about Montreal 2 is that they spread out their ice time, right? Like, they're not a team that will give 22 minutes to the top line, 17 minutes to the second line, and 12 minutes to the third line or something like that, right? It'll be more like... 18, 16, 15. So while they're quote unquote third line, they're not going to be playing 12 minutes tonight. They're going to play 15 to 16 minutes. So that's why that's why I mentioned Gallagher and Armia as one-offs, especially Gallagher where he's playing on the power play. And one thing I wanted to mention about Toronto one, um, over the last three years when Marner's not playing with Austin Matthews, the team's expected goals rate goes down over 30% and the team's actual goals rate cuts in half. Oh. Yeah. Marner on the ice without Austin Matthews, their goal scoring cuts in half. That's, uh, that's, and that's over the last three years. And that's a sample of over a thousand minutes. Yeah. I mean, Tavares is obviously a very good center in his own right, but he's not Austin Matthews. Like this is a, a pretty clear downgrade for this Toronto one line. So I wouldn't just lock him in and say, Oh, you get a discount uh, because Matthews would probably be like what a 400 in the spot or something like that. Um, yeah, it is a discount, but it, the line's going to be less good or less uh, less dominant at five on five. Less good, less dominant, whatever. Hey, it's man, first first I mean. one of the season, just getting it yeah. out. Yeah, just going to throw this one away after we're done. But uh, what about anyone on the blue line you want to mention outside of the power play one, guys, Petrie, Riley? Those would be correlation plays mostly. I, I think I actually don't mind Petrie as a one-off. Um, anyone else you want to talk about? I mean, two guys – one thing I want to mention about Toronto, I wrote about this. I write about season-long fantasy hockey at Dauber Hockey. Toronto, over the last three years, it, it seems like a coaching thing. Their shots from the defense just keep going down and down and down and down. They, they got fewer shots from their defense last year than any other team as a share of their shots. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, I'm not super excited to play a lot of Toronto defensemen. Like, Brett Kulak is on the, second, is on the top pair with Jeff Petrie. Uh, for Montreal, and he's 2,600. So I like Kulak. Um, David Savard, 3,400. Um, you know, if Toronto can get a lot of shots, maybe he'll get you the block bonus or something like that. Uh, but Kulak is really the guy I'm looking to. All right, let's go to game two. We've got the Rangers and the Capitals. 2.9 implied total for the Rangers, 3.2 for the Caps. I don't have a confirmed goalie uh, on the Rangers, but I know they play tomorrow, so it could be – uh, Shesterkin, or I can't even remember who the backup is. Georgiev. Georgiev. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then Vanacek is confirmed for the Caps. Um, Ovechkin, technically a game time decision. He did skate and do line rushes today at practice. So it's looking like he's going to play, but potentially, like Marner, an, another problem spot here. Uh, that would change um, the amount of Washington I play for sure. Seems like an okay spot for the Caps top line. Uh, although I'm a little bit worried about using Washington one as a full stack because I think Tom Wilson might spend like half the game in the penalty box. Uh, there's some bad blood. You're probably the better person to talk about this. So just talk about this game and, and does that have any effect? The, the Rangers versus the Tom Wilson thing going on tonight. This is just me spitballing here. But it always seems like when we expect really bad blood between two teams, it doesn't happen. And then there's some random game in January that'll end up with a line brawl. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So like, I, I understand, I very much understand your trepidation on using Tom Wilson tonight. Um, I actually picked him up in a fantasy league. So I'm hoping for like 30 penalty minutes. <laughs> um, I understand your trepidation in using him, but 
I think that if you like the line and you like the spot, you use the player. That's just kind of the way it goes. Like I, I I'm not one into predicting, you know, 50 or 17 minutes of misconduct or something like that in the future. Obviously something's going to happen between these two teams, but like, I don't want to cross off Tom Wilson and, you know, or somebody else from, from the Rangers, like Capo Caco or something, every single time these two teams play, you know what I mean? Like eventually <laughs> they have to play hockey. So I'm leaving Wilson as it is. Um, one thing I noticed about the Rangers is that I think they're going to be better defensively than people gave them credit for. Like their defensive numbers last year on the whole weren't great. But once you get to past the first month of the season, i.e. get past the Tony D'Angelo, Jack Johnson pairing, <laughs> which I can't believe they stuck with for like eight games. Once you get past that, they're like middle of the league defensively and they improved in the off season. So I think they can be like a fringe top 10 defensive team. And then you look at Washington, they lost Brendan Dillon and Zdeno Chara. I would argue those are their two best defensive defensemen. I think those are, and then they have uh, Nicholas Backstrom out of the lineup, arguably their best two-way center. Maybe you can make an argument for Lars Eller. So I think we're going to see a much weaker uh, defensive Washington team here. Uh, and I really like that Rangers second line here tonight. Um, we're expecting, Ryan Strom said he's in. I know he's been in and out um, of the lineup uh, through preseason, but he's in tonight with Panarin and Kako. Capo Kako had a pretty great second season last year. Uh, his shot rate jumped. His defensive impacts jumped. Uh, he's turned into a good four checker. I think he's kind of like that uh, Zach Hyman type that could do real well uh, on that line. Uh, so I don't mind just full stacking that Rangers second line uh, here tonight. I imagine you know, they're going to get some depth matchups from the Caps. And, you know, once you get past that Lars Eller line, like I'm not worried about Hendricks Lapierre, uh, the rookie as a third line center. I'm not worried about that matchup. I'm not worried about Kuznetsov and Ovechkin in a matchup. As long as they avoid Lars Eller, they're just fine. So I like the Rangers second line here tonight. The problem is, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, they have reasonably uh, high ownership in our top stacks tools. So it's one of those situations where I'm not going to go overboard. I'll probably come in at the field, like right about 10% on Rangers too. I just like their spot tonight, probably better than any other spot uh, in this, in this game. One thing I want to mention about Rangers one, uh, because the bandage had all his offensive numbers declined without uh, Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich is in St. Louis now. So Zibanejad still is still going to be really good. Uh, it's just I have a little bit of concern about him, and I'd rather go with a more reliable line, at least early in the season. I know what I'm going to get from Rangers too, so I like Rangers too out of this game. Yeah, you mentioned the ownership uh, a little bit higher than the top line. I want to like the top line, but just the numbers at five on five. We have a big sample of them last year: Kreider, Zibanejad, Lafreniere. Uh, I mean, it's low ownership, so I guess you could take a stab. And the total is not bad for being on the road. And you mentioned Washington losing some of their better defensive defensemen. Um, but yeah, just the numbers at five on five aren't great for the Savannah red line. So I'll probably stick mostly with uh, Rangers too, especially in like my higher priority lines, like the higher stake stuff that'll play like the spin. If you're doing an entry in there, I don't think I would have uh, Rangers one in there. I'd probably consider Rangers two very strongly. And same thing with Caps one, but kind of an obvious spot. Not really looking at too much uh, on Washington two, Washington three, besides some fillers uh, for, again, for larger field stuff. And then for defenseman, uh, Adam Fox, 6,100. I feel like he got up to almost 7K last year. So maybe you're getting an early season discount on Fox if you wanted to go with him, plus Strom, Panarin, and Kako. Get two guys on the top power play with Fox there. Not a bad uh, four man if you're into that kind of thing. Anything else here? I mean, I mentioned Keandre Miller uh, in my write-up this morning. Um, I, I think he's going to take a step forward this year. And if he does, this is probably the cheapest that'll be. Like, I see him being like a 4K defenseman somewhere in that Mikhail Sergeyev range. So, um, I know we don't have him as a good value by our num by the Osmo numbers. My personal numbers have him as a better value. Uh, I'm probably going to try to sneak him in. I, I completely understand if other people don't want to. We got two super chats actually. So I'm, I'm a little bit asleep at the wheel here. So bear with me. Clayton, our guy gave us a $5 super chat. Uh, he's given us probably as many super chats as anybody. Uh, always very generous. He says, you guys are my 401k this year. So no pressure, Cliffy. Uh, and then Nick just gave us a super chat. He says, you know, it's the best time of year when NHL strategy is live. Thanks guys. What's your favorite stack tonight? 
I'm liking Colorado one, but not a hundred percent. We'll get to that game shortly, but since it's a super chat, uh, spill the beans. Who's your top stack of the night? I mean, my favorite, like my favorite kind of like under I, what I thought was going to be undervalued stack was going to be Colorado two, but then I checked the top stacks tool and their ownership seems pretty, pretty high. Um, we'll get to them later, but I really like Anaheim one tonight. Anaheim one. Yeah. Here we All are. Right. Second, second day of the season. We're we're talking ducks, buddy. No, no. I, I like Anaheim tonight. I, I didn't expect as your top stack. I think, you know, the slate's big enough where it's Edmonton one. I mean, me. they're, they're not my top stack. Like, right. like Colorado one is my number one stack by projected, you know, uh, points and Chicago one is my number one stack. Uh, by uh, projected value I just personally like Anaheim because of their price and because of their ownership like it, it, there's just other things that I'm factoring in no, no to- totally understand um... did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage you can still send your completed annual review form to healthy connections Medicaid you may be assigned to another health plan but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Probably Edmonton for me. I mean, a lot of positive leverage still on the top stack tool. High owned, but uh, looks like pretty under owned. So I would go with them. And if you leave on Pugliarvi, there people still leave him off. He can score goals, 4,400. He's not in the top power play, so he'll get left off a lot. I like the full stack. Or what you could do is spend up another 500 bucks on DK and go with um, Newton Hopkins and get the full power play correlation, the broken PP, uh, and play Tyson Berry and just go for the, the Edmonton power play one onslaught, which uh, we're going to talk about a lot this season. So I think those are some options for you there. And uh, thanks for the super chat once again, Nick. Uh, all right, let's go to actually, we got to talk about Yahoo, Cliffy. Uh, we've partnered with Yahoo this fantasy NFL season. We've got some great offers. And um, if you want to uh, cut to the chase, just go to the link um, in the description below. But um, what we've got is you can win or not win, you can just have a, a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. If you click on the link below, all you need to do is be new to Yahoo, sign up for an account via that uh, link in the description. You need to deposit at least 10 bucks and then play. And that's it. Yahoo will send you um, the information. Uh, Yahoo will send the information over to us. We'll unlock the free month for you. And uh, you get to play on Yahoo. You get to play on a new site. They've got a lot of good games, not only for NHL, but obviously huge contests for NFL. That's where I've been playing the majority of my volume there and, and donating to the, to the good people over at Yahoo. So if you guys haven't checked it out, if you're new to Yahoo, if you want a new site, um, it's a free month of Osmo plus platinum. I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Even if you don't want to play over on Yahoo, um, you still get the free month of Osmo plus. So you can play on a bunch of different sites, including Yahoo. It's, it's a great deal. It's the best deal we've ever had. And uh, you should take advantage right now. Free premium content of the day. I forgot to mention this earlier. MLB rankings for playing. Uh, actually, is there MLB today? I don't even know, Cliffy. Can't remember if it's a. If it, there's no MLB today, uh, uh, we need to take that off. PGA Top Golfers is free though. Uh, that is unlocked. There is PGA tomorrow, so go check that one out. All right, Chicago and Colorado. We've got a 2.6 implied total for the Blackhawks. 3.5 for the Avs. Marc-Andre Fleury expected to go against Darcy Kemper. Neither confirmed just yet. We've got a nice little night slate here. Three games all starting at 10 o'clock Eastern. It's going to be a late night for you. Um, what do you like in here outside of the obvious Colorado one? Maybe we can talk about how, how big of a downgrade do you think it is going from McKinnon to Kadri from a fantasy perspective? And is this ownership warranted? I Here's the thing is that 
McKinnon does two things exceptionally well. He exits the zone with control and he can get himself into shooting positions. Those aren't necessarily Kadri's strengths. His strengths are more, you know, for check. He can slide and find himself into open spots. That's why he's generally been on the power play, even though he's not right now. Um, he can generally find the open spots, but he's a four checker. He's a grinder. He's they're not the same type of player. Like I think McKinnon is closer to Rantanen and Kadri is closer to Landeskog, if that makes sense. So I don't like, it's not this massive downgrade. They're not going to a fourth line center. They're going to a guy who's at worst second line center. Uh, and it's still a very good matchup, but you're taking a top three player in hockey off that line and you're replacing him with the guy that's not even on their power play unit. Like I understand wanting to use Colorado one a lot, but that's just kind of scaring me. Like, and like I said earlier, I wanted to jump down to Colorado too, but their ownership is just out of this world. Um, we have Colorado two at four at about four and a half percent top stack to make it, but at like 13% ownership. And at that bad of leverage, like I'm not going to use a second line. That's going to be, you know, 15% owned or something like that. Uh, so I like, I don't really have a whole lot that I really like from Colorado, which really scares me <laughs> because they're probably the best team in hockey. But again, I look at it. Nazem Kadri is probably going to be the highest owned player. Uh, on the entire slate. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily warranted. Like I get it. He probably should play 18 minutes, but like, what if JT Confer plays 18 minutes? What if Kadri just, you know, doesn't play well. And there's, you know, they decide to play the third line 15 or 16 minutes, you know, um, there's a lot of ways this could go where that top line just doesn't do anything. So on the whole, uh, I'm not super high on, on Colorado anymore. I'm much more in on Chicago um, that top line for me, uh, I really like, um, we look at our top stacks tool. They're one of our best leverage stacks. Uh, they're not super expensive. They come in under 19 K on DraftKings. The Brinkat, Tyler Johnson, Patrick Kane, all three of them are on the top power play unit as well. I get, it's not a good matchup going into Colorado. Um, they're, they're going to be one of the five best defensive teams in the league probably. Um, but they don't have Nathan McKinnon anymore. And if you're not going to play Chicago without Nathan McKinnon, uh, you're probably never going to play Chicago against Colorado this season. So um, I do like that Chicago top line. Um, you know, I, I see some Chicago threes. Uh, people are excited about Chicago three. I'm not as excited. Like I really like Kirby doc as a player. I just, I think there's a difference between his real life value uh, and his fantasy value. I don't think he has a ton of fantasy value. Like if you want to jump down to the third line, like one off Hagel, I think that's fine. I just don't know if I'd full stack them. So that's about where I'm at on this game is that I like Chicago one, maybe throw in tapes as like a power play stack. Uh, like that side way more than I do Colorado. And it's, it's mostly just an ownership thing. I'm always skeptical on the Hawks in terms of ownership and like where you project them. It feels like they just, anytime they're, even in a bad spot, they always get some ownership, at least Kanan to bring at. So, um, you know, we've got them projected pretty low. If that was going to be the case and, you know, we'll get a couple of updates before lock here and they might come up, they might go down. Uh, I would, I would probably take some stabs at Chicago one. I just, I always feel like they're going to come in higher than what we have them projected for. Um, they're just a team that the public likes. People love playing Kane and it, it's certain. I mean, I certainly understand why, but, it is a I mean, pretty I, tough I, matchup. I could see something like maybe you, you get Kane at like 14% and then the Brinkhead at like 10, but then Tyler Johnson's down to like 5% or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Tyler Johnson, man. I mean, if this was 2015, I'd be I'd love to play Tyler Johnson with the Brinkhead and Kane, but um you know, media reports are what they are. They're obviously biased, but player, players and coaches were both raving about Tyler Johnson, especially his power play work all, you know, all through all through training camp. So, maybe there's something to it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm going to just go out of my way to leave him off of Chicago one stack cuz he's fully correlated. He's not like the worst player in the world. He's just, just you know, a little bit washed up. Uh, we've seen washed up players have some big games once in a while. Maybe he's rejuvenated playing with uh, Cannon to bring cat. Who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll just be wrong off uh, wrong about this one off the bat, but Colorado is just a really tough defensive team. Even without McKinnon, I don't love going after them uh, honestly with a reasonable amount of options. So mostly sticking to Colorado one here and then Colorado two. Yeah. The ownership, they're like the most popular filler right now. 
Um, when you've got like low priced, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, low priced, uh, low-ish projected, but good value. And then a lot of ownership. I usually end up under the field on a lot of those stacks if that makes sense there. But um, I haven't checked their price on FanDuel. Maybe it's a little bit better over there. But yeah, I'll get to some Colorado too. I don't think they're going to be my favorite filler though uh, when it's all said and done. McCarr, 6,600, Sam Girard, Bowen Byram. Any of these guys uh, you like in tonight, Cliffy? <laughs> Those are actually the three guys on my list. All right. I mean, it, it's just because Devin Taze is on the IR, right? So Gerard's going to eat a lot of those minutes, and then that just moves Bowen Byron up, and Bowen Byron is a min-price special tonight as well. So those are the three guys I had circled. Honestly, I like I want to talk about Seth Jones for a minute because speaking of the difference between real world and fantasy value, like I'm I don't think Seth Jones is like one of the ten best defensemen on the on the planet or whatever, but in fantasy, I think he can be one of the best defensemen in fantasy hockey. Like our 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 projections aren't super high on him. My personal projections are very high on him. I have him as the third best defensive value on the entire slate tonight uh, for me personally. The reason for this is because when I did my projections for Seth Jones, I, incorpor- I, I went back further. I didn't just incorporate the last two years because the last two years, that Columbus team was just an abomination offensively. It's not fair to compare Seth Jones in Columbus in 2019-20 to Seth Jones in Chicago in 21-22. They're just not the same situations. Like when, when Artemi Panarin was around, Seth Jones was averaging 52 points and 200 shots every 82 games. Like those are huge numbers for a defenseman. And what can he do playing? And though that, mind you, those are without, you know, surefire lock top power play minutes. Because remember, Zach Wierenski was eating some of his power play minutes too. Seth Jones is going to be the lock top power play quarterback for Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Alex DeBrincat. And he's a five-shot bonus threat, and he's a three-block bonus threat. He got one of the combo meals last year. I actually went back and looked at his game logs, and he was only a couple blocks away from a, from two other combo meals. Like he can put up, he can put up the triple bonus. He is one of the very few players uh, that can actually do that on any given night. So, me personally, I think the Osmo projections are undervaluing him a bit because I know you guys factor in more what's happened recently, as opposed to earlier in his career. I think we're going to see Seth Jones closer to the 60 point guy that he was earlier in his career in Columbus than the 40 point guy he was towards the end of his career. And I think that makes him a better value on almost any DraftKings or FanDuel slate, at least for the short term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're changing my mind on Jones a little bit. So I just gave him a thumbs up in FC. So we'll see if I can get to some more of him. Uh, I'm not going to change his projection in my sheet or anything right now, but uh, definitely a high upside guy. That's probably not going to get a ton of ownership tonight. Um, And if he's going to be back to like superstar level, um, you know, 5,800 is a pretty good price, even with the tough matchup. Like you've got the three blocks bonus, like you mentioned, you could easily get the five shot bonus. Um, so more of a one-off guy for me tonight, uh, Jones will be, um, anything else here? Because uh, I don't like, I wrote up Mark Andre Fleury in my power plays article this morning. Um, we have him projected for the most saves, I believe. And it's not even really close. I don't think we have anybody over 28 and we have him over 30. So, um, I think Flurry probably faces the most shots here tonight. So if you're not stacking Colorado, I think it makes a lot of sense to stack or to at least use Flurry in some lineups. All right, let's go to the first McDavid slate of the season. 2.9 implied total for the Canucks, 3.8 for the Oilers, Thatcher Demko and Mike Smith are your goalies. I just saw a change on the Osmo lineup builder. These guys were both just confirmed uh, or we just updated for them being confirmed. Um, couple injury. Well, one big injury on the Vancouver side. It looks like Brock Bester's not going to play. I think he's still on IR. He was at Mooring Skate. Uh, so it's going to be Alex Chase on with uh, Elias Patterson and JT Miller, your favorite player, uh, Alex Chase on power play one duties as well. So I'm sure you'll talk about them. Um, Edmonton one. Is there anything else to say here? I mean, do we, do we need to talk about them a ton? I know it's the second day of the season, so maybe there's some newer audience members, but you just play it as much as possible. Yeah. For anybody that's not, that's like really very new to the NHL um, Edmonton one McDavid and Dreisaitl. 
like realistically McDavid should probably be like a $10,000 player on DraftKings. Um, it's, they just can't realistically price him that high. Um, so every single night McDavid and Dreisaitl are on the slate, you have to give them serious consideration. It doesn't matter what the, they, they could be on the road on a back-to-back going into Boston. You have to give them serious consideration. It doesn't matter because they can break any slate against any team on any night. The question is whether they can do it tonight. I mean, obviously, yes. I don't have a lot of faith in Vancouver as a defensive team. Like, they were one of the worst defensive teams in hockey last year. And, like, maybe they got a little bit better. Uh, They added Jason Dickinson. Whether you think Oliver ekman Larson is the same guy he was five years ago, I don't. Uh, Some people do. We'll see how that works out. Um, I just don't think Vancouver is going to be that much better defensively. So, like, and like that's why I'm not super high on Colorado either. I just don't see any reason to play Colorado one over Edmonton one. You know what I mean? Like on a slate, on a slate, you have to pick one or the other. You can't fit both. Like all else equal, I know they're more expensive, but even even with the two thousand dollars extra or whatever it is, or even three thousand dollars, I'd still rather play Edmonton one. Um, one thing they just they have insane chemistry. Like McDavid and Drysaddle might have the best chemistry of any two players in the NHL. Like these guys, these guys stay on the ice after practice and just practice like wheeling around in one timers and stuff, the two of them for an hour. Like they just practice scoring as much as they can. Like that's why we have to consider them every time out. Um, They're definitely going to be heavy in my mix. Um, I see that we have them in our top, our top stacks tool. We have them around 25%, little under 25% ownership. I think that feels about right for the full stack, including Pouliard, because he's going to get let off uh, a lot more often. I think Edmonton's going to obviously be high owned. You have to, you can't just go dry sidle, uh, you know, dry sidle, McDavid and Barry. Like you're going to have to get a little bit different. You're going to have to throw in, you know, RNH from the second line to make it a power play stack, or maybe RNH plus Pouliard and then maybe turn it into a mini onslaught or something like that. Um, I really do like Edmonton here tonight. Uh, either the first I like the second line too but I see they're a popular filler line as well so I think for me I'd rather just go Edmonton power player bust uh, from that side on the Vancouver side I think people are going to be playing the Pedersen line uh, I like the I like the Horvat line it seems like people are going to be playing that line as a filler line as well though and that you know that's kind of it's not a huge problem um, like if they come in in the low double digits, like if Bo Horvat's 13% and Michael Bunting's 12% and, you know, Tanner Pearson's 11%, like I think that's fine for a secondary stack on a five-game slate. Um, I just – I really don't like Alex Chase on in that top line. He's a black hole. I don't know what else to say. He's just – there's a – like I don't want to, you know, appeal to authority, but there's a very good reason why Edmonton had him on the fourth line when they were struggling for second and third liners. It's because he couldn't play it. Like I, I, I figured that they're just using chase on there because they don't have enough players. You know, they're right up against the cap. They need min salary players. So I figured that's just all that's going on here. I have no problem using that, that, you know, Vancouver top line Edmonton's top line is not that great defensively. Um, but I think, you know, Pedersen's not elite defensively himself. And I think chase on is just going to drag down that line. So um, out, of, out of this entire game, I like Vancouver too, but I think they're too high owned. So I might come down on them. I think it's Edmonton PP or bust for me. Yeah, and I think like some people will probably end up one-offing Chase on if they're not careful. If they're new to NHL, um, you'll see a $2,900 guy on top power play. Like, I, I would I would just be careful with Chase on specifically. I like the second line. I'm in agreement with you on Vancouver a little bit better uh, than the top line in terms of tournaments. I think the ownership is going to actually be pretty close. So we'll see when we get it updated a little bit closer to lock, but uh, I have a feeling Vancouver one and Vancouver two are going to be pretty close together um, in stack ownership. Uh, Edmonton one, you, you kind of said it best. I don't think there's anything I need to add there uh, outside of just keep on pull RV. Like don't just take him off just to take him off. He could easily score multiple goals here um, playing on the line with McDavid and dry So you're going to be kicking yourself. If this is one of the, the Jesse P games, um, he's not a scrub. Uh, but Tyson Berry, 5,900, great addition to any Edmonton one stack or Edmonton power play stack. It's hard for me to play any Edmonton full stacks without playing McDavid. So pretty much everything I play for Edmonton tonight is going to go through McDavid. And I'm probably only playing Tyson Berry 
with Edmonton one stacks, whereas Darnell Nurse, I think you can make a case to one off him or even include him in Edmonton one stacks. He's probably going to play a bunch of them at five on five as well. Um, we good here? We're, we're going to talk about goalies a little bit later. People have been asking about goalies, probably a lot of newer people. Uh, my stance on goalie is if you're unsure, just correlate your goalie with one of your stacks. Uh, but there definitely are some places where you want to target guys that are uh, super high variance um, underdogs uh, on the road that are going to see 35, 40 shots and get that 35 save bonus on DK uh, with a chance at a win. So we'll talk about goalies towards the end, um, right after we give, or right before we give our hat trick picks, I think is what we're going to do. Uh, anything left in the Vancouver Edmonton game? Cliff Just one thing I want to mention real quick. Um, if people are just looking for a quick shorthand for where ownership is going to go, always look for the high over under goal totals. Um, this game is a six and a half. And if you look at our, if you look at our ownership list, half of the top 20 are from this game. So if, you know, if you're out and about and you, maybe you can't access your Osmo account or, or whatever, and you're just looking for a quick way to figure out where ownership is going to go. Ownership always goes to the six and a half and six total games. And then it just works itself down from there. All right. Um, Cliffy, have you heard we have two other YouTube channels? Have you heard of that before? I have heard of that, but could you tell me more? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've got the DFS channel. That's where you're watching the NHL DFS strategy show on and where you'll watch other shows later tonight. Um, but we've got season-long fantasy football, just called Osmo Fantasy Football. And then we've also got an Osmo Odds channel, which is for sports betting. Uh, we've got links to those in the description below if you guys want to go check those out, subscribe to those. Um, we'll be producing torque betting content and fantasy football content on those channels as well. Um, so we don't crowd up the DFS channel and uh, those are some different audiences. So if you're interested in either one of those two, uh, go give us a follow over there. And then it looks like we've got yeah over 250 people here. If you guys could like, and subscribe to this video helps us out a ton, makes us look good for the bosses and it keeps these shows free keeps Cliffy and Josh and myself occasionally coming at you guys live every single day for NHL DFS. Last game, Winnipeg, Anaheim, 2.9 applied total for the Jets, 2.6 for the Ducks, Connor Hellebuck and John Gibson are your probable starters. You love Anaheim one, so I'll just let you take this one away. I'm seeing some really low ownership, maybe because of the total, but yeah. Go, just go on Edmonton one. Yeah, I, I think the totals. I think the totals part of it because there's a lot of six. There's a six and a half game, and I think there's a couple sixes tonight. And this is one of the five and a half, so it's obviously going to come in uh, with a with a low ownership. Here's I don't think Winnipeg is very good defensively. I don't, and Mark Shifley is going to be out tonight. So that top line with Blake Wheeler, like Blake Wheeler, is just a black hole defensively. He's, he's still got some juice offensively. He just has nothing left in his own end. And now you're taking Mark Shifley away from him. And Kyle Connor is not a good defensive player either. They're going to have two black holes defensively on the wing with Paul Stasny in the middle, like 36 or 37 year old Paul Stasny. Like that seems like a pretty bad recipe or it seems like a recipe to just get blown up on the road. Uh, even against a mediocre Ducks team. Now, I like Anaheim one for a few reasons. Now, Trevor Zegers is the top-line center uh, for Anaheim. He had a good year last year. He only played 24 games, but I think he had 13 points. And, I mean, when you're pacing for, like, 45 points as a rookie on that Anaheim team, that's a good year. Um, he's on the top line now, and he has Adam Henrique and Ricard Raquel. Now, Max, Max Comtois might take Henrique's spot. That's still not 100% for sure. I think Henrique's there for now. Just keep an eye on warm-up. That's all I'm going to say about that. But Henrique and Raquel are two bona fide 20-goal scorers. And Zegris, if you look at his player profile, like some of his micro stats, like zone entries, high-danger passes, like there's, there's, there's guys I follow that track that stuff. He had a similar profile last year to Sam Reinhardt. And if you think of how good Sam Reinhardt is now and how good, and that, you know, that's how good Trevor Zegers was last year. How good is he going to be this year? I think, I think we're going to see him explode out of the gate, especially where he's going to be playing, you know, 18 minutes with Ricard Raquel, you know, those two guys are on the top power play unit together uh, as well. Uh, we talked about their ownership coming in a very low ownership, low single digits. Um, they're super cheap. The three, the three of them come in under 14 K so you can stack them 
with your Washington one, or you can stack them with your Chicago one, or you can stack them even with your Edmonton one. So the fact that they're a top line that's going to play 18 minutes at home in what looks like at least an even matchup against the opposing top line with no ownership on a five game slate. I think there are just a lot of, you know, green flags here, not red flags. We like green flags here. I think there's a lot of green flags uh, for using that Anaheim top line here tonight. And the nice thing is you don't have to go crazy. Like I'm probably, I'm going to play 20 lineups. I might have them in two. Like you don't have to go, if you're playing 150, you don't need them in 50 lineups, right? You put them in like 10 or 15 or something like that and go about your day. You don't need a ton of these guys tonight. I just think they're in a better spot than they're being given credit for from the market. So yeah, I like Anaheim one out of this game. Yeah, I'm right there with you on the call. Uh, Really like Anaheim one, even if the ownership comes way up, like even if it gets closer, like seven, 10%. Like I'm still in on them, on them against this uh, Winnipeg team. Uh, I did you mention? Are they going to get matched up with Winnipeg one? Yeah, they should get. The oh, top yeah, team. yeah. Okay, even better then. Um, I would like to probably avoid Winnipeg two if I could. Not that that would scare me away, but you know, knowing that they're not going to see a ton of time against that Winnipeg two line, I think is uh, is even better news for Ducks one. And then Winnipeg, too, is probably the line I'm going to have the most of on the Jets' side, but not really too crazy about them. What about Drysdale getting power play one time, 3300 bucks? Is that one of the better value defensemen for you? I got mad today because I checked my own personal projections, and this happens every year. It doesn't matter how much I nuke his projections or if he loses his power play role. Cam Fowler always finds oh. his way to the top of my projections Man. every single – like for a, for a dollar per point or for mm-hmm. dollar per point projection. And, like, like, I can't do it. I'm playing Anaheim 1. I'm playing Drysdale with him. I'm not playing Cam Fowler, even though for me personally, Cam Fowler grades out as a good value. Uh, yeah, it's Jamie Drysdale. And uh, one thing about Winnipeg, too, I wrote up Pierre-Luc Dubois this morning in my Power Plays article. He's the one that's replacing St- uh, Shifley on the top power play unit. So um, he's going to get some additional top power play time tonight, which makes him, you know, a decent price of 4200 God, they just they hate Ehlers. This guy can't get on the top power play. It's been like five years. It hasn't even been in the league for like five or six years. Yeah, it, it honestly, it reminds me of Brad Marchand. When Brad Marchand broke into the league, like he wasn't, he, Brad Marchand didn't get on the power play in Boston until he was like 27. Uh, and it seems like that's exactly what's happening with the Ehlers here. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, just put your best guys there. I, I, yeah, I, I don't get it, obviously. I'm not a hockey coach, but um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up for slate by slate. I uh, just want to give another shout out I'm sorry, game by game breakdown for the slate. Just want to give another shout out to Yahoo Daily Fantasy. If you guys haven't checked out the deal, click on the, the Yahoo link in the description. Uh, or if you just want to play some NHL, their contests are filling up for tonight. So you better get in there very quickly. Slate lock seven Eastern. They've got plus minus over there. It's a nice little wrinkle. I would suggest because a general strategy on five game slate, try not to play guys, try not to play skaters against uh, uh, skaters on the opposing team in the same lineup because you're going to want to avoid that plus minus headache where you score a goal, but you only go up a little bit because uh, three other guys on your team were, uh, were on the ice and they get a minus one on there. So there's also two goalies over on Yahoo. Uh, Clippy, goalie picks, who are your favorites tonight? And then oh, I need to hear a hat trick pick as well. My two favorite goalies on the slate are uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and John Gibson. And my hat trick pick is Andre Berkowski. Oh, wait, Burkowski against Flurry. So a little bit of a hedge there. No, I, I like it. I like it. I, <laughs> I mean, so you want to tell them why you want, why you're playing Flurry for, for newer people? Like, you know, yeah. power out, huge implied total, but yeah, exactly. Like I'll play 20 lineups tonight. I'll probably have Flurry in like six or seven of them. And, but I'll also have, you know, Colorado one or two in three or four of them. And it's because I think Colorado has a real good shot at being one of the highest scoring lines on the night. But if they put up a ton of shots and don't score, Flurry could very easily be the number one scoring goalie on the night. So if you're playing a lot of lineups, it makes sense to have both. Yeah, exactly. Could not agree more. Burakovsky is your hat trick pick. My hat trick pick. Uh, it's just kind of my default guy. As I was scrolling through, and uh, he's not even going to be my highest exposed guy, but maybe my highest leverage guy if his ownership keeps up. Tyler Toffoli. Uh, I just love the Montreal one line. I love how they play. 
amazing five on five numbers. They're all in a top power play. I think he could have an explosive game and uh, get you a hat trick there. Did we get any right last year? Did you get one? Yeah, I got I got one and I got one, but it was like it was like Patrick Kane or something like that. But Josh got one. He got a Junis Donskoy hattie. Yeah, I don't remember getting one, which means I definitely, definitely did not get one. But if you guys have any other questions uh, about just general strategy, we've got, um, I wrote an article a few months ago about how to play NHL DFS using the Osmo tools. If you haven't, uh, you know, checked out the tools before, you can do so for three bucks for the first week, that's 75% off with promo code crosscheck. There's a link in the description below. You guys click on that. It'll take you right to it. It's for NHL weekly. You can cancel anytime you want, but uh, make sure you get in the chat as well. Any last words? Uh, yeah, go Habs. All right. We will see you guys. Actually, Josh and Cliffy, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks everybody for watching. Hit the like on your way out and good luck tonight. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.